splitting our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than SwiftCast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 109 of SwiftCast. Hey guys. Hello. Hey. Well, this is Ashley. Adam. Steph. And Ashley. And it's been a crazy week. I'm barely recovered from last week's show, and then I was at the show last night, and then I have a show in two days, so I'm really not alive (laughs) at all. By the time you hear this episode, Ashley will have already seen three shows, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, considering there's only been, if you don't count The Rock and Rio, there's only been four shows total. Three out of four. That's a good percentage. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to ask Ashley a lot of questions about the show in Detroit because there were some pretty amazing things going on there, and we're going to be talking about that later in this episode. I saw someone on Tumblr say that Detroit should be renamed Detroit because everyone died, and I think that's <laughs> accurate. Spoiler warning, we received an email from one of our listeners that we're going to discuss briefly here, and it has to do with the tour, so if you don't want to hear about it, you can skip ahead into the older tweets section. Well, in tour-related news, we actually just got an email today from a listener. This is from Allie, who's in New Zealand, and she had a question for us. She wrote, Hi, I love your podcast, and I listen to it every week. I wanted to hear your thoughts on Taylor's Blank Space performances. I loved her AMA performance, Blank Space, with all the magic tricks. It was a bit disappointing that she hasn't replicated it for her tour show so far. Why do you think this is, and do you think she will recreate it for the tour date to come? Yeah, first, Allie, thanks so much for listening to us every week. That's really awesome, and thank you so much. Uh, I think Allie has the same thoughts as I do on this, and I've talked about this on earlier episodes. She writes here, it seems like quite an investment learning it all and buying all of that equipment for just one performance. And that's exactly what I've said on previous episodes. I don't understand. I don't know why she's not using the AMA performance. I much prefer it to the blank space slash performance she debuted at the Brit Awards. And my only thought is maybe just with this huge catwalk, the kind of time it probably takes to set that up, maybe there's just not enough time and manpower to have even more stuff to deal with when getting ready for these shows. I feel like she kind of made the choice to have this huge catwalk and the huge rotating stage arm thing and to sort of have that replace a lot of the other production that she normally has. Yeah, we've said on earlier episodes, this catwalk weighs 40,000 pounds. So I don't even want to guess how much it costs. And Taylor has a lot of money, we know, but when you go on tour, you also have the goal of making money and you have a budget to stay in line with. So it's understandable she already had the equipment for the AMA performance, but you still need the crew to set it up and that's time and money. So I'm with you, Allie. I think it's disappointing. I really preferred the AMA performance, but I also love the catwalk. I think it helps Taylor to really connect with the fans. It feels like she's kind of in the crowd in a way. Yeah, I agree. And then also, it's not only just this particular performance where she decided not to do the whole you know, stage production. She kind of decided not to do that for the whole show in general. Absolutely. If you look back on our prediction episode where we had all kinds of crazy ideas using the Statue of Liberty and... 
I'm so upset there's no Statue of Liberty. That's my number one complaint. <laughs> Me too. And you had the idea about the car for I Wish You Would and the bed, like her in a bedroom. Yeah, I mean, I thought for sure that there would be an upstairs and downstairs part of the stage because there always is. And I thought she could easily create scenes with different rooms. And she just decided not to do that for whatever reason. I mean, I just think back to how she said that she wants everything, you know, this album and this tour to be so different that you can't even compare it to the others. So I guess that kind of explains what she was thinking. Yeah, and I'm glad she did it that way so that we can't compare it. But I do agree with Allie. I missed the production elements and really liked how theatrical the other tours were. Yeah, I still haven't seen the tour yet, but just remembering back to the AMA performance uh, and how cool it was with the floating table and all the fire and flames. And then it just seems like it's a kind of basic performance during the tour. Uh, is it just a simple singing performance or is there any type of story or background to it can you give us a brief reminder of what it's like on the tour it's pretty much exactly like the brit awards performance with the screens and the the guys with the hats and everything and there is a little magic with the hat right yeah and i mean i think she in the whole show uses her dancers almost as scenery in a way i completely agree with that it's almost like the dancers are the equipment i guess for this tour <laughs> The props. The props, yeah. <laughs> but I will admit, I have seen the show twice, and both times I couldn't really see what was going on on the main stage just because of where I was seated. So next week, I'll finally see it from a seat where I should be able to see everything. So I might have a different view, but I'll probably still be disappointed because I thought that AMA performance was spot on. Well, thanks again, Allie, for listening to us and for writing to us. And we want to encourage all of you guys to send us anything that you want to ask us or get our opinion on or tell us about the tour. You know, it's going to be going on for several months and we'll be hitting a few more shows and love hearing what you think and talking about it and all the different opinions that people have. So definitely keep sending those in. Yeah, and then you can get a shout out on, on the show. So thanks again, Allie. All right, well, now we're going to move on to our older tweets, and there are definitely some gems in this one. <laughs> this first one is one of my favorites because it includes a song that I absolutely love, and it's a tweet from May 31st of 2009. Six years ago today. Wow. Wow. Six years ago. When did Taylor join Twitter? Was that back towards the beginning of when she joined? or I think 2008. Yeah, but I think she got a lot more active in 2009. Well, she tweeted, Out on the lake with the band, trying my best to resist the burning temptation to scream, I'm on a boat! <laughs> and if you don't remember what that reference is from, that is from the song, I'm on a boat, by The Lonely Island, which is a hilarious satirical song that was first used on Saturday Night Live, I believe, as one of their little skits. <laughs> if you aren't familiar with the song, go look up I'm on a Boat by The Lonely Island. It is incredibly funny, and you'll love it. Next is from June 2nd, 2010, and Taylor tweeted, So I decided that since my lucky number is 13, I'm going to sign for that many hours at CMA Fest. Come say hi. 
And she actually ended up staying for 14 and a half hours because she's amazing. And I will forever regret not going to the CMA Fest for that. Swifty regrets. Swifty regrets. And that was at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, right? Yep. It's crazy that so many people just went to the stadium just to see her and not even for any type of concert, but just for a meet and greet. It shows that even back in 2010, how popular she was. She was. Our next one comes from June 5th, 2010. Taylor tweeted, It's so hard to believe this is the last night of the Fearless Tour and that it's in Gillette Stadium. I'm walking on a cloud today. Aw. I always love those photos from her just looking around at the stadium in awe. So cool. The next one is from June 2nd, 2011. Just arrived in sunny Florida for our show tonight, and there are palm trees everywhere, and Story of Us is on the radio. Hi, Fort Lauderdale. And that was, of course, the Speak Now tour. The next one is from June 2012. Taylor wrote, It's been a wonderful week in the studio. I'm so excited about so much. So she must have been working in the studio on the Red album at that time. The next one is from June 4th, 2013. I can't believe this was already two years ago. Taylor tweeted, Filing this under never in my wildest dreams. Thank you, Rolling Stones, for inviting me to Chicago to sing with you. And after 1989 was released, some people went back to this tweet on Tumblr and posted it. And, of course, were speculating as to whether the song Wildest Dreams was already written by this point or if it was after. That's something we still don't know, but it is funny that she used Wildest Dreams in that tweet. And our last one comes from May 31st, 2014. Taylor tweeted, whoa, Tokyo, this airport situation. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> and they did it again just this month. Not even a year later. Yeah, a few weeks ago. How come in the United States people don't go crowd the airport when Taylor lands there? That's a good question. I was just talking with someone about this. I think maybe it's not really as allowed here. Yeah, I don't feel like you would get very far, honestly. I think it's also harder because she tends to use her private airplane here, whereas I think when she goes to Tokyo, she uses a commercial flight. That's probably right. And she's jumping around from city to city in the United States, and you really don't know when she's going to New York or when she's going to L.A., so the Tokyo fans probably knew at this certain point she was going to be arriving there for the shows so they could kind of stake out the airport. Well, I was going to say, I've seen photos of her in the LAX airport in Los Angeles, but only when she's leaving for another country. So if you're online and you see she's at LAX and she's heading for Tokyo, you know it's a really long flight. So you just check the schedule and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you can figure it out. <laughs> well, now it's time for our news, which there is a ton of this week. So we'll go into Keeping Up With Swift. And the first piece of news is really awesome. Taylor was named as number 64 on Forbes 100 Most Powerful Women in the World list. Personally, I think she should be higher than 64, but the cool thing is that she's actually the youngest person on the list. She's the youngest person ever to make this list, too. Well, it should be no surprise that Bad Blood crushed the projections of how many downloads it was projected to have in one week. Just like with the album, 1989, Taylor crushed the projections. It was predicted that 300 to 350,000 downloads of Bad Blood would be made, but 
Taylor actually sold about 405,000 downloads in only one week. Breaking even more records, we already knew she broke the 24-hour record with the Bad Blood music video. Then, just in 13 days, the video became Vivo certified with over 100 million views. So I think it's safe to say that soon, definitely before the end of the year, Taylor will have three videos with over a billion views. Bad Blood, Shake It Off, and Blank Space. Blank Space is getting very close already. And no one's ever done that. The only other people who have videos like that are Justin Bieber and Gangnam Style. So it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Well, Taylor's Bad Blood remix is number one on the Hot 100 list. This is Taylor's third number one on the Hot 100 for her 1989 singles. The other two were Shake It Off and Blank Space. Wow, I'm surprised that style never made it to number one. It only made it to number seven. I feel like if she had promoted style like she did Bad Blood, it easily would have gone to number one. And I think we all had this big debate with Nate about performing style on the Brit Awards, and she ended up performing Blank Space. I thought it would have been perfect promotion for her to sing that because it was shortly after it was released, but... I don't know, maybe she wanted to keep the performance a surprise for the tour, which makes sense. She loves to surprise us. But it's definitely a great single, and I think it should have been number one. Yeah, I feel like I hear it on the radio all the time still. Me too. I hear it more than Bad Blood so far. Mm-hmm. And I still hear Blank Space all the time, too. It probably doesn't have any correlation, but as we all know, the Shake It Off music video, the Blank Space music video, and the Bad Blood music video, all three of them have been so epic, whereas the style music video, and you can tell from the number of views it has on YouTube, wasn't as popular as those three. Yes, which also, if the video had been better received, I think that also might have helped it get more airplay and maybe would have been number one on the Hot 100. Exactly. Well, our last piece of news is actually really amazing, and some of you might have seen articles about this in the news, and Taylor tweeted it, but Taylor's light-up bracelets that she handed out at the concert actually saved the lives of these girls who were in a car accident on their way home from the Baton Rouge show. Did you guys see that? Yeah, actually, Ashley, Ashley and I saw this accident. We happened to be on the same road. We didn't see it actually happen, but we saw it on the side of the road. It was already practically cleaned up, but the girls were pretty much trapped in a way under the car. Is that right? Yeah, I think the car had hit a pole and then the driver had passed out and they didn't have working phones. So they used the bracelets to wave and so they would light up and it basically was a flare that ended up getting them attention and getting them help. Yeah, it's really such a great thing that they're okay and that they had the bracelets so that they could get help because it was really dark and nobody would have seen them since they didn't have any flares. And Taylor tweeted that she's just really glad that everybody's okay. Yeah, that's definitely a great feel-good story. And if you guys are driving late after a show, just be really careful. If you feel too tired, just spend the money on a hotel. Well, there are a couple of upcoming shows to tell you about, which will take care of Taylor's upcoming schedule. On June 2nd is the 1989 tour in Louisville, Kentucky, and Ashley and I will be fortunate enough to attend that show. So we will tell you all about it next week 
Hopefully there will be some type of special guest or surprise. We will see. The following night will be June 3rd, and the tour will be in Cleveland, Ohio. And then over the weekend, on June 6th, the tour will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm excited to hear what you think about the tour, Adam. Yes, everybody, um, well, all the ladies on the show here have seen the tour, but myself and Nate have not yet. So yeah, I'll be able to give my in-person opinions next week. I have a feeling when Nate sees it, he's going to tell all of us we're wrong about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. He's going to have different opinions about everything. Well, now we have some mini segments for you guys. Our first one is great. I love this. It's from at Kaylee underscore Frank zero one. And she wrote, when people say all of Taylor's songs sound the same and you are like, have you ever even heard two of her songs? Swifty problems. (laughs) Our next one comes from shame on meow. (laughs) They say, you know, Taylor Swift consumes your mind when you read things as 89 Swifty problems. That's still my favorite username. (laughs) That is a great Twitter handle, yeah. Our next one is from Kelsey1202 on Twitter. Bad Blood is on. Six days until the 1989 tour hits Louisville. Taylor Fever is real. It's so real. And our last one comes from Caitlin on Twitter. And she said, my boyfriend doesn't like Taylor Swift, so I guess I'm single now. Swifty problems. (laughs) It's important to have a significant other who understands. (laughs) Well, now it's time to move on to our fashion. And Taylor was in New York City quite a bit this past week. So we got some great, I almost want to say runway fashion. Because that's what I feel like we get every day that she stops out in New York. And I've been missing it for a while. Yeah, it was nice to see her back. And she, of course, was flawless as always. On May 26th, she was out and about the city. And she wore her River Island Black Checks March shorts. She's worn these a lot in just leading up to 1989 for promotional shoots and things. I really like them. They're $60, but unfortunately, they're no longer available. But I would keep checking if you like them. With that, she wore an open back sleeveless top from Zara. And that's also $60. Unfortunately, it's sold out right now. Then she carried a Mary Katransu bag, and this was an interesting bag, different than what she's ever carried. It was a small python glitter shoulder bag, and it is 1170 euros. And then she also wore these really cool sunglasses that she's been seen in a few times, and they're actually from Swarovski. They're the Diva black and white sunglasses, and of course they're $250. I never even knew they made sunglasses. I thought they made crystal things that you sit around your house. (laughs) But they're really cool looking. I love them. I really want them. If only it wasn't more than the cost of a Taylor ticket. And then on May 26th, Taylor was seen leaving her apartment with Calvin in New York. She wore a Prada Safino Luxe tote, which is $2,240, but is now on sale for $1,540. And then she also wore a aqua textured floral crop, which is $48, and then a matching floral skirt, which is $68, and then she had on Prada Peep Toe Slingback Sandal, but unfortunately that's no longer available. 
But I really love the crop top and skirt that she wore. That's super cute and actually affordable. Yeah, I really like that one. I love that the colors and the pattern of it almost reminded me of the seagull shirt. Me too. I thought the same thing. And I got to chime in uh, because this was when she was leaving her apartment with Calvin Harris. And I got to ask Nate, maybe, maybe we should start to include some Calvin fashion. So <laughs> me and Nate can look up the clothes that Calvin's wearing and see if we want to buy that. I feel like it's always black or gray. <laughs> You're right. It is always a black or gray t-shirt and jeans. I like it though. At least that might be easy to find. <laughs> maybe you and Nate should start a Calvin fashion page. Maybe. <laughs> it's a good thought. CalvinHarrisStyle.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, on May 29th, she was heading out to Tamarind Restaurant, and she had on a haute hippie short flirty skirt, which is $4.95, with a Michael Kors circle eyelet tie front blouse, which is $125. And with it, she had a, another purse, the Bulgari Serpenti Forever Flap Bag, which has not been located. And then she had her Prada halter strap peep toe sandals in brown, which are $735. Was this when she was with Gigi and Martha? Yes. When they were accidentally recreating the Bad Blood video? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> she Instagrammed that photo. I love this skirt. She's actually worn it in Loft 89 before. And when I originally saw it, I thought, that looks like something that might be affordable. But it wasn't. <laughs> on may 27th taylor was seen leaving her apartment and she was wearing a rachel zoe delaney romper and that can be found for 365 dollars she was carrying a michael kors large casey tricolor satchel originally 1195 dollars but on sale for 896 dollars and 25 cents her shoes were SJP by Sarah Jessica Parker. They were the Fawn Pumps in suede turquoise, and those are $350. And that was the day that she went to the Keds event later in the day, and she changed shoes to obviously wear some Keds at that event. And she was wearing the Taylor Swift Champion New York Keds, and those are $54.95. It's funny how the shoes can completely change an outfit because the heels just really popped with the outfit and made it look really dressy and then when she changed to the kids it looked so much more casual and i really liked both looks on may 28th taylor was leaving her apartment and i think this is probably a favorite outfit of the week for a lot of people she was wearing these black overalls and then she wore underneath the overalls a skinny rib crop tee in white from Topshop. It's only eight euros. Unfortunately, it's sold out. Then she was wearing sunglasses, which are from Westward Leaning. They're called the Pioneer 5 sunglasses in golden, and those are $180. Then she was carrying a Gucci Jackie Soft Leather Flap shoulder bag, which is $2,350. And she wore black Topshop Magnum heeled boots, and those were $150. Unfortunately, the black overalls she was wearing have not yet been located, but I think it's really exciting. Taylor's already brought back the whole romper and skirt and crop top and high waist short look. 
people can say whatever they want, but I truly believe she's the one who has been bringing these styles just back into season and popular again. So I was excited that she was wearing overalls. Maybe now they'll come back. Did any of y'all see the picture on going around on Tumblr of her and then the side-by-side picture of Rachel from Friends that they have matching outfits? Oh, did Rachel wear black overalls too in an episode? There's a, like a pretty much similar picture of Rachel from Friends wearing uh, overalls with a cropped white top underneath. I've seen every episode like a billion times, but I don't remember that. I'll have to look. <laughs> Probably was just like a short clip bit of it <laughs> from Friends or something, and then she changed. Yeah. <laughs> this was the day that she and Calvin went out with Ed. And so in some of these photos, you can see Ed in the background, and people are making all these memes about just being funny, like him being the third wheel. One of them said, it will be fun, they said. You won't feel weird at all, they said. But I'm sure he had fun. He just got his wax figure at the wax museum, so he probably was having a great day. Well, on May 30th, Taylor was leaving her apartment in New York, and she wore Elizabeth and James black and white striped j top which was originally $315, but is on sale for $189. And then she had Sarah Plen Yellow Annie bag, which is 950 euros. A Ralph Lauren metal and plastic cat's eye sunglasses, which were $200, but are sold out. And then a SOS Have It Your Way heeled sandals which were $50, but were on sale for $46, but unfortunately are out of stock. Well, thanks to TaySwiftStyle.com for tracking down all of these outfits. I can't wait to see what she keeps wearing in Loft 89 every night on the tour. I feel like that's where we get some of the best outfits. I was also thinking maybe she'll be in New York a lot this summer, and probably Rhode Island, just in between show dates. So that should be good. Spoiler warning, we're going into our main discussion all about the Detroit show, so if you don't want to hear about it, you can skip ahead where we talk about predictions for future special guests, and in the description of the episode, you can look and we'll give you the exact times that you should skip. Well, first, Adam was completely right. Last week, he guessed that Taylor would have a special guest for Detroit, and she not only had a special guest with Imagine Dragons, the lead singer Dan, But she also had Martha Hunt and Gigi Hadid for style. And I've been saying for months now that she needed to have models on the catwalk for style. So I was really excited. I'm convinced now that Taylor listens to SwiftCast every week. It must be where she got all these ideas (laughs) from, right? Definitely where she got the idea. So tell us what it was like to have all of this crazy excitement going on. There's never been this many special guests at a show. I know. And the reason why I thought Adam was wrong is because Detroit, you know, Michigan in general is just not somewhere that she's ever brought a guest before. She usually reserves those for the big cities like LA and New York and Nashville. And I guess that's kind of why she did it because she knew nobody was expecting it. This gives me hope that other smaller arenas will get special guests. Well, it was interesting because obviously on the other tours, after there's been a special guest or two already, you start to be aware of the point in the show where the special guest would be. So you're kind of anticipating it and you're like, is there going to be one? If there is, it'll be after this song. Mm -hmm. 
on the red tour you knew when she went back to the stage after sparks fly if she didn't go down into the floor then that meant that she was about to bring someone out so we had no idea i'd heard the rumor that she's sound checking imagine dragons but i assumed that it had to be for a later show and that it wouldn't be for that night and i was still hoping that it would be but we had no idea what point in the show it could be and in the beginning of the show I forget what song it was after, but it was after she'd only done maybe three or four songs. She was talking to the crowd, and she was mentioning how Detroit is a great place for her, how she sang the national anthem at Ford Field when she was younger, and that she's been at Ford Field on the Speak Now tour and the Red tour, and that it's always a great crowd. And then she said, I might have some surprises for you guys later. And that's when I pretty much knew that there was going to be a guest. But she usually doesn't give it away like that. She really doesn't until right before, usually. So that was exciting. And then we still had no idea when it was actually going to take place. So the show went on more. And then every time she would stop to talk to the crowd, I was like, is it now? Is it now? (laughs) We just didn't know. So you're going through the show. And then what gave you a clue that she was actually going to be bringing on a special guest? After she finished, all you had to do was stay. She sort of stayed standing where she was. And I forget the exact words that she said. I'll have to go back and watch my video. But she said something like, Okay, Detroit, you've been really awesome. And I won't even think I was processing all the words that she was saying because I was just so excited. Well, that's interesting because at Rock in Rio, when she brought out Ed, she ended up cutting All You Had to Do Was Stay. Yeah, and I was really concerned of what she could possibly cut. I assumed she was going to cut something, and there was no performance that I didn't want to see again. So I was amazed that she just did a longer show. She didn't cut anything. Did she start the show earlier? No, she started it even a little bit late, I think. Oh. When I was following along and saw All You Had to Do Was Stay was being performed, I thought maybe we were wrong and she wasn't going to have a special guest because... That was what I thought she would cut. I'm really glad she didn't end up cutting anything. Yeah, it's good to know that she can throw in a special guest and make the tour slightly longer and not have it affect anything else. And so she started talking about how one of her favorite bands came out with one of her favorite songs a couple of years ago. And I remember it was a different song of Imagine Dragons, but she had one of their songs on the pre-show playlist for the Red Tour. So she's definitely been a fan of theirs for a while. And then she brought him out, and they sang Radioactive, and it was so awesome. The bracelets were programmed so that they were alternating, flashing red and blue. It was so insane. Wow. And Taylor is a huge fan of this song. At the Grammys last year, when Imagine Dragons performed Radioactive, she was going crazy. And people were making fun of her, and that's because people were stupid. But... She was just having so much fun, and I think it's so great that they got to sing this together. Yeah, and if you want to go check out the video of the performance, Taylor actually tweeted it. Uh, It's a link to a YouTube video that somebody took, and hopefully this one won't be taken down off of YouTube because it's not a song that's going to be performed every night. It's a unique one, so hopefully it should stay up and you can watch it. What was interesting to me was that In the past, whenever she's had a special guest on, when they finish the song, she always walks off the stage with them. 
and then there's sort of like a transition into whatever the next performance is. Well, she really doesn't leave the stage as frequently during this tour at all. So when they were done, they were towards the end of the catwalk and she told everyone to give him a hand again. And then he walked off the stage and she stayed on the stage and was strapped into her harness for the acoustic set. Yeah, that's an interesting difference. And I'm guessing this would be the placement for other special guests. She could change it, but it seems logical to do it right before she goes onto the B stage acoustic part. It was just really abrupt to go from this over-the-top rock performance to an acoustic song. Well, maybe the reason why she put it there for Detroit was because she knew she was also having special guests for Style, which is after the acoustic set. True. So it could really change at any time. Yeah, I feel like with the way this whole show is arranged, it would be pretty easy to have one at any point. Because there's not as much changing of the actual stage set, I feel like it's more flexible. Mm -hmm. And Ashley, didn't Taylor, when she was giving her little speech, mention how Dan is in the middle of his own tour and how thankful she was that he was able to take uh, some time out and come join her for a special performance? Yeah, she did say that. That's awesome that artists you know, as big as Imagine Dragons, because they're huge, have enough time and want to take the time out from their busy schedules to come join her. Yeah, especially that interview with E, Taylor explained these people were playing for free. And in my opinion, if I were an artist, I don't care if it's free, it's Taylor. I'm playing to a stadium that has 50,000 people in it. I'm going to go play. But other artists might not view it like that. So it's cool that people are willing to do it. So after the performance, she went right into You Are In Love, and I was a little disappointed. I was hoping she would rotate back to Wonderland because I haven't heard it live yet, and she did You Are In Love at the last show. Yeah, you know, I'm still thinking, I think on a previous episode, I said maybe she wants to do You Are In Love when it's a stadium so that the whole stadium echoes for her the on the way home in the silence lines. So I'm wondering if Wonderland will be for arenas and You Are In Love will be for stadiums. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about a million things for this tour. I guess if she does it on Tuesday and Wednesday this week, then we'll know. Or at least it'll be more likely. Yeah, we'll have to see what she does in Louisville and Cleveland because those are arenas. I still am a little bummed that there doesn't appear to be a surprise song. Yeah, I really loved your idea about having an 80s surprise song. Well, that would have been amazing, too. She has so many 80s songs on the pre-show playlist. So fun to dance to. Yeah, that was one awesome thing about the Red Tour. Not knowing, regardless of if it was a stadium or an arena, that you were going to get one surprise song. And who knows, it might have been from all the way back to the self-titled album. It might have been from Fearless. It might have been from Speak Now. There was such a wide variety that it could be that the anticipation was always very high on, oh, what surprise song are you going to get at your show? And you knew there was a 90% chance it was our song. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I've gotten over this. <laughs> I wonder if Taylor's not doing the surprise song because so many people complained about our song. I think she's just not doing the surprise song because this album is such a departure from all of her other albums. I think she really, really wants just a clean break and doesn't want to be reflecting back on her older songs which her older songs are amazing and awesome and we all love them. 
but I think that's a big reason. We all went out and bought over a million copies of this album in one week, and she knows we love it, so she wants to play everything she can from the album. And I think you're spot on, because even the couple songs that she does play from the older albums, she completely rearranged and made them more either rock version or just changed them up to make them different. Yeah. Which makes sense. If you're going to change genres, it's important to not be wishy-washy about it. I feel like every song from Red would make an amazing surprise song on the B stage. It would. I would love to hear All Too Well again. But at the same time, she's so ecstatically happy now that I don't see her putting one of her saddest songs in the set list in any capacity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It just wouldn't fit the mood. It wouldn't, and that's another reason, maybe, why she's not doing the surprise songs. I feel like 22 would fit well. I was going to say that, too, yeah. And it's funny, this album has been so well-received, just when we were talking about style not being number one on the Hot 100. I'm always thinking ahead, and of course I'm already thinking about the next tour, and I'm wondering, does this mean style won't be on the set list? I love that song. She's having so much success with every single from this album. And of course, the next album will be just as successful. So she'll just have to play like 24 songs or whatever. I would say even right now, I feel pretty confident in saying that the only songs that will make the next tour would be Shake It Off and Blank Space. Hmm. She's going to have more singles too, though. And Bad Blood is tearing up the charts already. It is. But for some reason, I feel like when this album era closes... It will be a song that she's ready to put behind her. Yeah, that makes sense. And the other thing is it's a remix. So there's the question of the remix is really successful. And I'm sure the original album version would have been as well. But she's not going to have Kendrick with her. So yeah, you're probably right. I could see it not being played on the next tour. I feel like Shake It Off will never stop being played on every radio station. And Blank Space, I kind of feel the same way. Random side note, but Shake It Off is a great wedding song. That was her intention. Did you hear it at a wedding? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you shake it off? I certainly (laughs) did. (laughs) Yeah, this was back in October, I believe. So, well, maybe even before that. It might have been September. Um, The song was released at the album announcement in August, correct? Right. Yeah, so it was soon after the song had came out. And, yeah, it's a great wedding reception song. A lot of fun. Next time I'm at a wedding, I will request it. I haven't been to one since it was released. So tell us about Taylor performing style at Detroit. Well, when she first tweeted earlier in the day that Gigi and Martha were with her, I didn't really want to think too much of it. I guess I kind of felt like if they were part of some surprise, then she wouldn't have tweeted that they were there. So maybe they were just hanging out with her. I knew she had just left New York, so I thought maybe they just decided to come along because they were free and they wanted to see the show. And then when she had Imagine Dragons, I thought, oh, well, that makes sense. They wanted to come because they knew she was going to have this great special guest. But then I really wasn't expecting them to come on in any capacity. I was not expecting them for style. I kind of forgot that they were there. And when she brought them out, it was just everybody went insane. It was the coolest thing ever. Did she like introduce them or they just like appeared on stage while she was performing? She sang the first verse and then she introduced them one by one. She said, Gigi Hadid from the Bad Blood music video. And she started walking down the catwalk. And then a little bit later, she announced Martha the same way. Oh, she didn't introduce them as Slay Z and Home Slice? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> she should have threw that in there, too. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, my God, what if it's some show for Bad Blood, she just has the entire cast on stage? <laughs> Maybe one of the L.A. shows. <laughs> uh, we all need tickets to L.A. All five shows. Well, that was really cool. And I'm glad she took my suggestion, you know. I'm sure she heard it on here. <laughs> that was good. I thought the same thing as Ashley. When I saw them in New York, I thought, oh, they're probably just going to see the show with her. They'll probably be seated somewhere special. So was there anything else weird that happened during the show? Any mishaps? Anything interesting? Any mishap? No, I don't think so. So you had a different viewpoint this time. Last time we had such a side view. Did you have a different impression of the stage and just the show in general based on where you were sitting? Yeah, I didn't realize, I guess people had told me, but I didn't realize how much was really going on on that main video screen right behind her. Because on the screens that we could see, we only saw her performing. So I didn't know that they were recreating, you know, streets and New York and different video montages and all sorts of stuff. I think the coolest one was during the We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together rock mix. I don't even know how to describe what Taylor looked like in that video. <laughs> I love that part. She has <laughs> such cool makeup on in that video. It's like if she joined the band Kiss, that's what she would look like. <laughs> wow, really? I haven't seen this before. Not that extreme, maybe, but it was very cool. And there are three of her all over the place for that part. So yeah, I think seeing that screen made me like the show more. Yeah, I haven't really been able to see the main stage that well either, so I'm excited to see more of the screens like you did in Detroit. While I do feel like there's something missing without all of the production elements and props that we were predicting, it's very clear that Taylor made the conscious choice to have it this way. It's not like she just didn't plan out her performances, so there's not anything. She wanted it to be more interactive with the crowd. She wanted to spend more time on the catwalk. She wanted to put time and money and resources into making the coolest catwalk and rotating arm that she could. And she decided to make those the focal point. And she still put a lot of effort into the video screens because the videos are really cool. So it's not like, I don't think this show took any less effort production-wise. I think she just went a different route. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think the whole catwalk evolving stage was an effort to be close to the crowd because that's what this whole era is about to be personal with the fans and on last week's episode I mentioned that when I was at the B stage I initially was disappointed because I couldn't see anything on the main stage and I thought she's only going to come back here for three songs and she's going to be in the air for most of them so I'm not even going to get to see her but she really comes back there so much and just wants everybody to be able to see her, which is a really cool part about this tour. Ash, did you notice if there was a change in Shake It Off? I did, yeah. She had a pink outfit. First she had a blue one, and then last week when we saw her, she had a green one. So this time it was pink, and I, I really liked it. Yeah, I kind of thought that with the change in the pink outfit, that maybe it had something to do with Gigi and Martha, since they're models. I don't know, like Victoria's Secret kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Or maybe she's going to cover every color of the rainbow. <laughs> that too. I don't know, but this was definitely my favorite of the three. I love her in pink. I do like the pink. 
With the change in the pink uh, outfit, though, was there a change in, like, the wristband colors lighten up? Were they pink? Um, I didn't really notice. During Shake It Off, I'm just so sad that it's ending that I don't think I really <laughs> paid attention to the bracelets. Did you wear all of your bracelets? Yeah, I had two. I had the one from last week, and then I had the one from last night. And actually, instead of handing them out to us, they had them taped onto the seats this time. Oh, hmm. I think that's what they did in Tokyo. I was concerned because we didn't get any on the way in, and I didn't know if they were doing it. But can you imagine what a big job that was, taping it onto every seat? Yeah. <laughs> but wait, when you went to Baton Rouge, they gave it to you when you went in the stadium? Yeah. How do they know where you're sitting and how to coordinate that? I think they looked at our tickets. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they look at your ticket and based off where you're sitting, if you're on the floor or if you're in above level, they'll hand you a different bracelet from a different box. Oh, very neat. And in Bossier, they had a special entrance. If you were on the floor, you had to enter through one door. So I think they tried to organize that way. Yeah, they seem very coordinated to get that all right. Were there any fireworks at this show? There were, and I was a little concerned because this was an indoor covered stadium and it got pretty smoky after the fireworks. <laughs> Uh -oh. Were they the same as at Baton Rouge? It seemed like it. Maybe they were a different type that's safer for indoors, or maybe there weren't as many, but it seemed very similar. Wow. There are way more fireworks for stadium shows at this tour than ever before. I love fireworks, so I'm happy about it. Yeah, that's good. I'm looking forward to stadium later this summer. Well, one thing that we didn't do when we made our predictions for tour is we didn't talk about which special guests we thought would be on tour. And now Taylor already had one, so we missed out a little bit. So this week, we decided to talk about who else we think is going to join Taylor on tour as a special guest. I actually made a whole list because I want to actually be right about something for this tour. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote it out, and it's pretty long. So what do you guys think? Well, I also have a list, so should I just start out with one from my list and we can discuss it? Sure. All right. The first one on my list, I think at some point, Taylor, and this might be in the UK, but it would still count as a special guest. I think that she will have Hozier as a special guest. Absolutely. Take Me to Church is such a big song, and it seems like she is friends with him. They've been seen out together uh, once or twice, I believe, and I think it would be a good song that a lot of people know, and I think that it will happen, maybe in the UK. I absolutely agree. That would be a great special guest. I also, speaking of the UK, feel like Sam Smith might appear again at some point. He could. He definitely could. Um, I know he's currently on vocal rest, I believe, after having some type of minor surgery, I think. Yes, I think he had surgery on his vocal cords. So maybe a little further into the tour when he's all better. Well, speaking of the UK people, I could also see Ellie Goulding again and James Bay. Ellie was a guest on the Red Tour, correct? She came to LA and in the UK. Okay, so a double special guest. Yeah. Who else did you have on your list, Adam? My next one is Echo Smith. Perfect. I hope that happens. Yeah, it seems like they have been tweeting each other once in a while. And Echo Smith performed before Ed, who performed before Taylor at Rock and mm -hmm. Rio. So I think there might be a little connection there. And I could see them performing either Cool Kids or Bright with Taylor. I hope it's Bright. 
Taylor has Bright on the video segment before the tour starts, so I think there's a connection there. Everybody thinks Bright sounds like Taylor. If you go to the video, mm-hmm. all the comments say, this sounds like Taylor. I thought this was Taylor. So I love that song. I think it would be really cool to see that. How about Ashley or Ashley? What do you think? I'm pretty sure I've said this several times, but I'm very, very surprised we still have not seen Lord and Taylor perform together. She's on my list. I think that she's just in Australia a lot of the time, so it might just be harder to coordinate, but I think they'll make it happen. Yeah, maybe when Taylor's in Australia, we might have to wait until December, but I think it will happen. Yeah, that's a good one that I didn't think of. I didn't have it on my list, but I agree 100% that it should happen. Another one could be Kings of Leon. That would be good. Yeah, because there is a connection there. Lily Aldridge is married to their singer, so I can definitely see that happening. Well, and I wrote Lily on my list, so maybe they both would show up at the same show. Oh yeah, he could perform and then she could walk the catwalk. It'd be perfect. Yep. There you go. (laughs) I put Carly and Cindy Crawford also on my list for style models. And Kara. Pretty much the Bad Blood video models, I think, maybe will show up on tour. For a special guest, I was thinking Taylor might have the 1975. I have that on my list, too. Ooh, good one. (laughs) I agree. She loves them. And then also, possibly Justin Timberlake. But I could see him more for, I guess, an L.A. show, which would be kind of disappointing because I would want to see him live. (laughs) That would be great. That's also very surprising that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I don't think he's on tour right now. So I feel like if he's not going to be on tour during the summer, definitely he would be a good one to have as a special guest. Well, speaking of big names like Justin Timberlake, I threw on, just for fun, on my list, Madonna and Beyonce. Those are some big names. Very big names. But very possible. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like those would have to be LA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Taylor and Madonna are like best friends now. Steph, when you thought about Beyonce and Madonna, did you think of any specific songs of theirs that she would sing? Wow, that's a good question. I didn't really, but I don't know. It would be really cool for Taylor and Madonna to do an 80s song. Well, it's interesting because in one of the pre-show videos that they show when you're waiting in the arena, Taylor's talking about how if she could go back in time to any concert, she would go see a Madonna concert. Neat. She says that everybody who's ever seen a Madonna concert remembers it for the rest of their lives and they know exactly when and where it was and it's really iconic. So I definitely can see that. I have a good idea for Madonna. They could do Vogue and all of Taylor's model friends will be there and it will just be this huge fashion show. Oh my God, that would be... (laughs) In LA and we will be there and we'll all cry. (laughs) Well, if that happens now, she definitely listens to Swiss <laughs> For Beyonce, I really have no idea. Single ladies, because Taylor's, even though maybe not single right now, she this era has really been about being an independent woman. So mm-hmm. Normally, I would say that with the exception of Madonna, I can't see her doing an old song like that. But since she did Jenny from the Block, I think anything's possible. Well, how we were just mentioning L.A., and we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but I think all of us agree that at some point in L.A., we'll have Kendrick Lamar to do the Bad Blood remix. And we will cry again because we won't be there. (laughs) And the reason we say L.A. for Kendrick is because he is from Compton, California. 
So that seems like the most logical place for him to be a guest. But then it also seems like she's gone away from limiting the guests to people from that place. You're right, because Imagine Dragons are actually from Las Vegas, and they showed up in Detroit, so no correspondence there. I feel like she does save the really, really big names for L.A., though, so I could see it happening in L.A., and I'll be sad that I'm not there, because seeing that live in person would be amazing. Well, speaking of Kendrick, the one I picked who I probably want to see the most is Ryan Tedder. Desperately want to see I Know Places live. That would be cool, even though he doesn't have any vocals on the song. He was involved in the song, and it'd be cool to hear a duet of it. Well, I was just thinking of who she might have in Nashville for special guests. Do you you guys have any country artists on your list that you can think of? I have two, but you go ahead first. Well, I was thinking, I think you probably mentioned this before, Steph, but... Is it Christine Ballerini? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey. Oh, sorry. Kelsey. She's on my list. I think that will happen. She's the only one I thought of. (laughs) That's why I was asking what y'all thought. I also thought a repeat of Luke Bryan. He's probably the hottest act in country right now. I could see her bringing him back. I also have uh, one repeat on my list, and that is Fall Out Boy. I think there might be a chance that we see Fall Out Boy again. That would be awesome. Well, along the lines of 1975, I put some other bands Taylor's a fan of, and that includes Borns and The Broods. Oh yeah, definitely. I could see them coming out at some point. Borns has Electric Love, which Taylor loves, so I think that song would be cool to see live. And it has an 80s feel to it, so it would be a really good special appearance. I had a couple more on my list. I couldn't remember off the top of my head if he has been a guest or not. But Adam Levine from Maroon 5? I don't think he's ever been a guest, right? I don't think so. No, and she's definitely been a fan of theirs for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she worked with him on The Voice in the fall. Correct. She could probably just call him up. And his wife is a model, so maybe she'll come walk the runway that night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if she's friends with his wife. I don't think we've ever... Well, we've seen pictures of them at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, but... Yeah. Another one I thought of, um, an incredibly popular song, is from Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance. Yes, love that song. That needs to happen, for sure. I think I've said 800 times before that it should have been the fan cam song. (laughs) I agree. If they're special guests, I would be really happy with that. And then I had Nick Jonas, because it seems like the two of them are pretty friendly. Yeah. I would love that. I want to hear Jealous. I could see that in L.A. too, maybe. And then the last one I have, I'll do a a trivia for you guys. It is a band that we thought had a good chance to be one of the openers for Taylor. Ooh. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Fifth Harmony. Correct. Yes. (laughs) That was quick. Nice, Jeff. (laughs) I absolutely think they will sing Worth It. I was going to predict that song, too. Well, speaking of female bands, I really hope I get to see this, but I think when Haim opens, that Taylor will bring them out during the show for a song. I think so, too. She loves them too much to not do that. And they're in all the videos during the whole show. Exactly. Maybe it will happen for every show they open. That would be amazing. I really love Haim. Do you think we'll ever get a Haim-Calvin-Harris-Taylor Swift collaboration on Pray to God? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the internet could handle it. And with Calvin being a DJ, 
I think it would be interesting to have him up there on stage as well. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, but I started thinking, how would that even work? Like, they just put a DJ booth up on stage. Yeah, he could be a special guest, but the logistics might be difficult. That would be pretty cool to see them performing together, though. I just can't wait for Haim. Their shows are going to be, what, starting in July? I believe. I know they're at MetLife in D.C., and those are all in July. Yeah, their first show will be MetLife in New Jersey on July 10th and 11th. Another reason why I need to go to those shows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the last ones on my list were summer repeats, Haley Williams and Selena. And then I threw Ingrid Michaelson on there. And then I'm also hoping Ed will come again, preferably at a show I'm at. In case Taylor's listening, you know, just to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we can't forget Ed. I really hope Rock and Rio wasn't it. He needs to come out again. Hopefully between his tour schedule and her tour schedule, they can work something out. But Ingrid is a huge fan of Taylor. Taylor's a huge fan of hers. I could see that happening. I think we have a really good list. Did we miss anything? I mean, if it were up to us, she would just have a guest every night. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't see any reason why she can't do that. Me either. It'll be fun to see what happens, though. Well, we'd love to hear what you guys think, any guests that you're predicting or who you would like to see, and it'll be fun as we go through the tour to see how wrong we are. (laughs) So wrong. Well, just a few reminders for you guys before we wrap up. Please hit the subscribe button on iTunes, and that will always download our latest episodes for you. And you can tweet us throughout the week with anything you want to talk to us about at SwiftCast13. We're on Tumblr at SwiftCast13, Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13, Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. You can email us at TheSwiftCast13 at gmail.com. And all of this information is on our website at SwiftCast13.com. And iTunes, now that we've put out more than 100 episodes, will only show you the last 100. So if you'd like to listen to any of our older ones, make sure you go to our website where you can do that. I think we should just let Adam handle the predictions for this week since he's psychic. Yes, please predict something for Pittsburgh for me. That will be really exciting. Ooh, okay. I was thinking I was going to have a, oh, I'm going to die because my first show is on Tuesday, June 2nd, (laughs) and Taylor's going to (laughs) slay. But give me a moment to think about a, a prediction for Pittsburgh for your show, stuff. I'll go out on a limb. I think Taylor will have a special guest for Louisville. I don't want to jinx Adam and Ashley because I'm wrong about a lot of things. But it would be good to have a first special guest in an arena. So I'm going to go with it. I sure hope you're right. And by the time you hear this episode, we should know if I'm right or wrong. I'm just honestly really stumped. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, to go along with Steph's prediction, if she does have a special guest in Louisville, I'm thinking maybe she'll pick um, a country artist for her special guest. Who, I don't know, but... That would be good. All right, my prediction for Steph's show on June 6th in Pittsburgh. I know she really wants to see Ryan Tedder, so I will say that we get a Ryan Tedder performance along with Taylor. (laughs) Fortune teller Adam, I really hope you're right. (laughs) I hope so too. Hopefully I go two for two on getting a Detroit special guest and then a Pittsburgh special guest. Too bad there's not like a betting pool where we can actually make some money on this. (laughs) (laughs) Pittsburgh has never had a special guest, so I'm not getting my hopes up, but it would be pretty cool. 
Well, hey, Detroit didn't either, so there you go. Last time Taylor was in Pittsburgh, she chipped her tooth. <laughs> so I'm hoping nothing like that happens again. Well, I predict that we're going to see her in a purple outfit for Shake It Off this week. Covering the rainbow. We're going to have a lot of more tour news for you next week since we're covering so many shows this week. Yeah, we look forward to telling you all about Louisville and Pittsburgh on next week's episode. For now, for episode 109, this has been Ashley. Adam. Steph. And Ashley. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.